I'm Brett McGarry. Lots to cover this week on the Couch Potatoes, including, since it's a new month, our February movie preview. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. I knocked another Oscar hopeful off my to-watch list. I'll tell you about The Favorite. And I watched the new Netflix documentary, Conversations with a Killer, The Ted Bundy Tapes. First, let's get to the movies. This is Miss Bala. Zuzu, my Hollywood makeup artist. Yes, and I brought you bags of makeup. We got people to improve. I've been abducted. Mess around and I'll kill you both. No one's coming to save you. I'm not giving up on my family. We begin the month of February with a movie I didn't even know was coming out until like a couple of days ago. I saw the preview when I went to watch The Favorite was the first I heard of it. (laughs) As you heard, Gina Rodriguez from the CW's Jane the Virgin finds herself in some pretty big trouble in Miss Bala. I never thought someone like me could end up here. Just a girl from LA out at the wrong club on the wrong night. Where am I? I need you to do something. Mess around and I'll kill you. Man, this guy really wants to kill her. She gets forced to do some bad stuff for a drug cartel, but she finds the courage within her to fight back. It's getting mostly bad reviews, but I like Gina Rodriguez, so hopefully this is a stepping stone for her to get more movies and hopefully better ones. I have a plan. Tell me lies. I'm going to hurt you. It's going to be okay. Need something first. La bala. The bullet settles everything. Spala. Also new this weekend, I'll just let him set it up. Hello. Now, throughout the years, I've done so many different kinds of work, but never this kind. A narrator of a documentary film. Under the sea. That's right. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the narrator of a documentary. It's called Wonders of the Sea, which takes you on a trip under the sea in 3D. Jean-Michel Cousteau and his kids go on a voyage to discover the ocean as never seen and, of course, lecture us about climate change. It looks really cool, really cool though. I loved Blue Planet 2 last year and the year before that, Planet Earth 2. So to see this in 3D on a big screen, I think would be a huge treat. And again, it's narrated by, as described in the synopsis, renowned environmentalist Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what he's renowned for? I guess so. I don't think so. Is, is that along the same lines of famed symbologist Robert Langdon from the Da Vinci Code? <laughs> I guess. Did I get his name right? Robert Langdon? It is Robert Langdon, yes. Well, I, he's not so famous after all. You know, sharks, the hammerhead shark, when you see that coming towards you in 3D, it's like I went like, whoa, 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 stay away from me. You know, it's like really wild to see this stuff in 3D. And remember, if you protect the ocean, you protect yourself and future generations. But please, don't get wet. Should also mention a movie we had in last month's preview, Stan and Ollie, about the legendary comedy duo Laurel and Hardy, is finally opening in a wider release this weekend, starring Steve Coogan and John C. Riley. On the 8th, Taraji B. Henson finds out what men want. Sweet new wheels. A little pre-celebration for the big day, huh? I'm making partner, baby. <clears throat> Time to break that glass ceiling. We all know who deserves this. Give it up for our summit. Worldwide Sports Management's newest partner. Whoa! <laughs> uh, Allie, that pass was actually to Eddie. Woo! All right. <laughs> 
What Men Wanted is like that Mel Gibson movie, What Women Wanted, with the gender roles reversed here. Henson is sick of the boys' club where she works, so she goes to see a psychic for help. I know someone you should talk to. I can help you connect with men. Why don't we have some tea? This smells like dirt. Oh, that's just jasmine tea. If you don't count the weed and the peyote and the crack. So she takes this weird concoction filled with drugs from the psychic. Then she goes dancing, bangs her head on the dance floor, and when she wakes up in the hospital... Oh, hello, welcome back, Miss Davis. Thank God this one didn't die on me. Starting today, no more drinking at work. Hey, that's too much information. I didn't say anything. I feel weird after last night. Yeah, that's what happens when tequila meets desperation. Okay, stop saying things you shouldn't be saying to your boss. Holy crap, can you hear my inner thoughts? I can hear your inner thoughts! What Men Want co-stars Wendy McClendon-Covey, Max Greenfield, Pete Davidson, Erica Badu, Tracy Morgan, Jason Jones, and even Shaquille O'Neal as himself. So I think this one will be exactly what it sounds like. Probably won't be as big as a hit as that Mel Gibson movie was, but it probably will stand the test of time a little better. Little lady, what you doing at the big boy's table, huh? Two grand. I'm bluffing these fools. I'm missing Real Housewives. Shaq finally has a winning hand. Why am I thinking in the third person? I smell toast. Am I having a stroke? Wait, I have toast in my pocket. When I saw the trailer for this, I kept thinking to myself, this is just like that Mel Gibson movie. And then at the end, it says, from the producers of what men want come what women want. So, or the, yeah. Vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Same diff. Hey, I had to write it three times to get it right, so. All right. Also on February 8th, it's time to go back to Legoland with the Lego Movie 2, the second one. Bring me your fiercest leader. I'm the leader of... You! How many movies have they made about you? Because there are like nine about me and like three others in various stages of development. Let's show those aliens what we're made of! That's a suicide mission. (laughs) I don't get it. Back in 2014, the Lego movie surprised everyone with a 95% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a $69 million opening weekend, went on to make nearly $470 million worldwide, and helped spawn a couple more Lego movies in 2017, the Lego Batman movie. Did you see that? Yes, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, didn't you say it was like the most fun Batman movie? Absolutely, because he's not, well, he's broody, but in a comical way. Okay, and then there was also the Lego Ninjago movie, which was not met quite as well. Now we have... The second one. Does it matter even what it's about? Chris Pratt, Elizabeth Banks, and Will Arnett as Batman are back. The Lego Movie 2. Oh, Lucy, what's with your hair? It's just hair. Look, if I pop it off, am I Bruce Willis now? I don't think so. Hey, by the way, on the subject of Batman, uh, who will be inside the suit remains unknown, but (gasps) the Batman has a release date as of this week. The Matt Reeves standalone Batman film will hit theaters in June 2021. Oh, that's a while yet. Yeah, Ben no Affleck. No, Ben Affleck was supposed to star in the film, but he is that role is going to be recast. Affleck was going to direct it too at one point. Yeah. Uh, So he uh, tweeted that he's excited to see Reeves's vision of the film come to life. Uh, Warner Brothers also dated the next Suicide Squad film to be written by James Gunn for 2021. The studio set an adaptation of Stephen King's The Shining sequel. Oh, wow. Uh, and what? 
Yeah. Dumb. And that, oh, and speaking of Stephen King, The Stand is going to be a 10 episode limited series is on that, the CBS All Access. What was the movie they put out last year? Was that The Stand? That was something else. That was The Dark Tower. Never mind. Yeah. Getting my Stephen King stuff mixed up. <laughs> hey, up next, Liam Neeson wants to take you on a ride. Yeah. That was lame. He's Mr. Plow with a vengeance. <laughs> You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're doing the February movie preview. We are on to February 8th, in which Liam Neeson plays a Mr. Plow type in a movie called Cold Pursuit. I'm very honored to be named Kehoe Citizen of the Year. I'm just a guy who keeps a strip of civilization open. When you drive the same road day after day, it's easy to think about the road not taken. I was lucky. I picked a good road early, and I stayed on it. Mr. Coxman? What can I do for you? It's about your son. His son, dead. Neeson plays a guy who drives a snowplow in Alaska and goes on to investigate his son's death. died of a heroin overdose. We didn't know our own son. Kyle wasn't a druggie. Sorry, but all the parents say that. You're gonna have to say a few words. Kyle's dead. Tell me what happened. He got mixed up with some drug dealer. Viking. He likes hurting people. What is it with all these nicknames? Speedo, Viking, Eskimo. It's a gangster thing. Did you have a nickname? Wingman. Wingman. Gonna kill him. Oh yeah, it's a revenge movie, which has been Neeson's uh, bread and butter for the last 10 years. So he starts killing the thugs in the drug gang, often incorporating his big snowplow. One guy could disappear. Two? Who wants me dead? Three of Vikings drug dealers have disappeared. What makes you think you can kill a man? I read it in a crime novel. Looks like a lot of fun. It's based on a Norwegian movie that has a great title. It's called In Order of Disappearance. Emmy Rossum, Laura Dern, William Forsythe, Tom Jackson, and John Doman co-star. The trailer's great. The movie could go either way. Wouldn't be surprised if it's trash, but it might be awesome. Nels Coxman, Citizen of the Year. Good for him. Yeah, that is a good title. In order of disappearance. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's too but bad they couldn't from keep that. Norway, though, it's probably not even that. It was probably something Norwegian and somebody in for to market it in English-speaking countries change it. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good title though. I like Liam Neeson too. So even his mediocre movies are still yeah. good because it's Liam Neeson. So why not? <laughs> also, February eighth, one more on that day. Taylor Schilling from Orange Is the New Black stars in a scary movie called The Prodigy. Miles' intelligence is off the charts. He's been having a very difficult time making friends. What's wrong with me? There's a battle being waged inside your son. Oh, my God. I don't feel safe with him in the house. Miles is dangerous. Schilling plays Sarah, whose young son Miles has been showcasing some disturbing, maybe even evil behavior. Has a supernatural force taken him? Now she has to protect her son while trying to find out why he's turned bad. Mommy, will you always love me? 
The Prodigy, rated R. Just in time for Valentine's Day on Wednesday, February 13th, Rebel Wilson finds herself in a different world in a movie called Isn't It Romantic? I think I'm trapped in a... My life's become a mother... Romantic comedy! She bangs her head just like Taraji P. Henson did in What Men Want, and when she wakes up, she's literally in a romantic comedy. The good news is her apartment gets an upgrade because she lived in a dump, and you never see that sort of thing in rom-coms. But like we heard in the clip, she can't swear because it's a PG-13 movie she's trapped inside of. She also gets a gay friend out of the blue, and straight men all want to date her, and a bunch of other rom-com tropes. It looks clever. Not sure I'd make a trip to the theaters for it, though. Josh. That is such a beautiful name. Good morning, beautiful. Last night was amazing. I don't think we actually did anything. It just cut to the next morning. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. It does sound kind of cool. And that was, um, what's his name? Thor was the, the guy that... Chris Hemsworth? She, yeah, she added the date there. But it, just when it's about to get steamy, it smash cuts to the next day. Nice. Over and over again. Oh, I, I, I want to see that. <laughs> that could be a good date movie. Also on Wednesday, February 13th, we have a sequel that is making me kick myself for not watching the first one. Happy Death Day to you. Recap. I was stuck reliving the same day over and over again. I thought it ended the loop. But I'm back. Ah! Everything's different. This time, the killer is coming after all of us. This is crazy, man. So I'm going to have to die over and over to save all of you? Yeah. <sighs> First Happy Death Day came out in 2017. A horror comedy about the along the lines of Groundhog Day. College girl gets killed, but wakes up and lives the same day over and over and over again. She has to find out who's trying to kill her to break the loop. Until then, she dies again and again in brutal fashion. Got decent reviews and was a sizable hit, $125 million worldwide. Not bad for a movie with a $5 million budget, hence sequel. Well, I wanted to see the movie, never got around to it. And when I saw the first trailer for the sequel a few months back, I didn't know the sequel was coming, first of all. Second, the trailer spoils the ending of the first one, like brutally spoils it. So now she's reliving the same day again, but this time the killer isn't just after her, killer's after her whole crew. And the only way she can break the loop this time is by saving everyone from dying. If she fails, she has to die and start over. Looks fun. I really need to see that first one now. Die again. I could stay dead. And on Valentine's Day, nothing says love like Alita Battle Angel. You told me the story of the war when the ground shook and the sky burned. Of the ones that survived. Who awoke to a different world. Where the powerful prey on the weak. But that's not the way it has to be. Alita is a cyborg or something who awakens with no memory of who she is in a future world she does not recognize. She's the last of her kind. She contains technology that have been lost for 300 years. Let me show you something. 
This body, I feel a connection to it. I can't explain. You know more about me than you're saying. Lita, some things have been left forgotten. And I'll find out for myself. Mahershala Ali plays a scientist who tries to help her. There are bad guys who are after her, a teen who's in love with her, and Christoph Waltz as the Geppetto type who created her, I think. It looks super confusing. And the uncanny valley is strong with the CGI Alita, who looks almost lifelike, but still not quite, and therefore a little creepy. She's threatening the natural order of things. I need you to destroy her. Alita, they will come for you. I'll have to face them head on. Tonight is not a game, it is a hunt. Up next, a threequel I am super excited about. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are The Couch Potatoes. We're doing our February movie preview, only two to go. On February 22nd, a movie I am super excited about. This is Berk, son. It was the home of your grandparents and their grandparents before them. But out there, beyond the edge of the world, lies the home of the dragons. And I believe it's your destiny to one day find this hidden world. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, which is the third film in the popular series, which debuted in 2010. That first one was a big hit, nearly 500 million worldwide. The sequel in 2014, also a big hit with 621 mil. And the success of the film series helped launch some TV series, too. How to Train Your Dragon is about a young lad in a Viking-esque land. His best friend is his dragon, a Night Fury dragon named Toothless. In this clip, they encounter a female counterpart for Toothless. Hey, bud, wait up! We'll start it out all alone. He's not the only one. Another Night Fury. It's more like a bright A light fury. Yeah, yours is better, probably. But it's not all romance and fairy tales for our heroes. Some bad dudes are coming to try to put an end to the dragons. There is an armada with enough cages for all of our dragons. This is a new kind of enemy. We need to find the hidden world. I will destroy everything you love. Toothless, no! Nothing without your dragon. If Grimmel succeeds, there won't be any dragons left. And it's up to us to put an end to it. So, what are you going to do about it? Suit up, gang. Jay Baruchel is the voice of Hiccup, and the supporting voice cast includes your favorite Jeff, Gerard Butler. Right on. At least you don't have to look at his stupid face. America Ferreira, Kit Harrington, Kate Blanchett, Kristen Wiig, Craig Ferguson, and the bad guy is F. Murray Abraham. The Hidden World will wrap up the film and TV franchise. Once again, debuts February 22nd. The Hidden World, it really does exist. Now that's a king. You're right, bud. It's time to go. 
Also on February 22nd, The Rock stars as The Rock in a movie called Fighting With My Family. It's the Rock! We're huge fans. Thank you so much. What advice would you give us? We want to be the next you. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting The Rock, you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir, may I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's The Rock's advice. Shut your mouth. Thanks, Dwayne. Got it. A former wrestler and his family make a living performing at small venues across the country while the kids dream of joining the WWE. And then they get a shot with Vince Vaughn, who's a WWE producer who holds auditions. Good morning, wrestling nerds. Well, this is where we see whether or not you get to go on to WWE. This is our shot, Doug. Hello. If I call your name, that means you'll be coming with me to Florida. Paige. Thank you all very much. To take my brother. No one deserves this more than Zach. I wish you the best, son. But this is the end of the line for you. It's a, based on a true story. Lena Headey from Game of Thrones, Florence Pugh, Jack Loudon, Nick Frost, and Stephen Merchant also star, and it really does look like a lot of fun. Paige, I myself have come from a wrestling family, too. I know exactly what it means to you. But don't worry about being the next me. Be the first you. What? It's Dwayne Johnson. How are you? Prove it. If you're some man! Is cooking. Yeah, and I'm Vin Diesel, mate. Ooh, <laughs> subtle shot. Not so sh- subtle at all. No, that's funny. It looks like a good one. As soon as I was cutting that together, and I was like, why isn't Brett doing this? He always does the rock stuff, especially yeah. especially when it's the wrestling stuff involving the rock. Well, you made the list. Yeah. I just figured you took it because you love the rock now. No, I was just, everything was just random. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad you made it because the rock. The Rock is in it, Jeff. Yeah, it looks good. Okay. Uh, okay, moving on to some stuff we've watched this week. You know how I always like to watch all the Best Picture nominees before the Oscars. Yep. It actually uh, makes watching the Oscars a little bit more enjoyable if you've seen the movies involved. So this week, I crossed another one off the list. I saw The Favorite. Who are you? No ordinary maid. I wasn't always a maid. My family fell on hard times. I must take control of my circumstance. Jealous. She is a viper. You do not need me as an enemy. I'm capable of much unpleasantness. Let's shoot something. I'm not quite following. I apologize, but do what I'm thinking. The favorite rated R. It's set in the early 1700s in the time of Queen Anne, played by Olivia Colman, whom you will recognize if you watch any British stuff. She's always good, and here she's splendid. I don't know jack about that part of history, including anything about Queen Anne, so I don't know how faithful any of this was. I suspect not very. I did read on Wikipedia afterwards that she had a lot of health problems. The movie character certainly does, and she had a hard time bearing children, which is also covered in the movie. In the movie, she's bisexual. It's a major part of the story. Didn't see anything about that on her wikipedia page but she apparently was a little unorthodox and in the movie she is quite a character prone to mood swings as well that take her from a state of childlike wonder to the angriest person you've ever met one moment she's enjoying some chamber music and suddenly she's screaming at them to shut up rachel vice is her right hand woman and is calling a lot of the shots both in the queen's personal life and also politically as she has the queen's ear and 
just sometimes makes decisions on the Queen's behalf when the Queen's not up to it. Her husband's also the Prime Minister. They're at war with France, so there's a lot at stake there. Enter Emma Stone, a young go-getter who will do anything to get ahead. She's dirt poor, but didn't always used to be, as we heard in the clip. And she's very cunning. She tries to usurp Rachel Weisz's position, and the Queen is caught in the middle. That's the basic story. It's a weird movie. The director is Yorgos Lanthimos, who previously made a movie called The Lobster with Colin Farrell, which was also very weird, but also very interesting, and I enjoyed that. This is sort of like that as well. All the characters have this very firm, direct way of speaking, and the movie has a rhythm that isn't quite like a quote-unquote regular movie. There's a lot of stark low angles and fisheye lenses. Makes for a rather different theater-going experience. There's also a lot of very foul language, and oddly, there's a lot of very strong violence against women that wasn't always pleasant to watch. The costumes and sets are top shelf. Look for Oscar wins in that department, I would guess. Maybe an acting one, too. All three women are nominated for Oscars. I would throw my vote to Olivia Colman, but it seems like a foregone conclusion that Glenn Close is going to win the Best Actress Oscar. I can't see it winning Best Picture, and while I do enjoy a weird movie every now and again, it didn't really do it for me to any great degree. I also didn't get the ending, but I also almost fell asleep near the end. I won't spoil anything, but it's one of these movies that sort of just stops. I was actually waiting for one character to make another move, and then the movie just ended, so I don't... I. Don't know how to explain it. If you're at all adventurous in your film going, though, by all means, go see it. It is, is something to see. Three and a half coach cushions out of five for the favorite. How many left you got? Just one. Just Bohemian Rhapsody. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Are you going to go see it in theaters? Or are you going to uh, check it out at home? I suspect I would be lazy enough to just watch it at home. Oh, it's it's worth seeing on the big screen. The, the Live Aid concert, it's pretty cool in the I movie know. theater. That's tempting. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Up next, I'm going to tell you about... The new Ted Bundy doc on Netflix. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. On Thursday, January 24th, Netflix dropped a documentary that a lot of people were watching over the weekend and probably over the last few days. Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes. You a little scared when you look at him? He just doesn't look like the type to kill somebody. Serial killer Theodore Bundy has escaped once again. One of the FBI's most wanted men. He was charming, good-looking, smart. Are you sure you have the right guy? The four-episode documentary, roughly four hours in length, containing present-day interviews, archival footage, and never-before-heard audio recordings made on death row, and they're all supposed to form a searing portrait of notorious serial killer Ted Bundy. After more than a decade of denials, he confessed to 30 homicides that he committed in seven states between 1974 and 1978. I should start by making it clear... I am not an authority on documentaries. I don't claim to be an authority on anything, but especially documentaries. I like them, but I just don't watch a lot of them. My documentary viewing over the years has mostly been special features on DVDs, like the extended Lord of the Rings movies. I could watch those bonus features any day, hours and hours of great stuff. And I guess last year I watched Blue Planet 2 and before that Planet Earth 2, as I mentioned earlier in the show. But outside of that... Not a documentary guy. Last spring, I watched, also on Netflix, a crime doc called Evil Genius. That was about the, I don't know if you remember, there was a pizza bomber thing that happened in Pennsylvania. A guy had a collar bomb around his neck. Oh, really? And the story was, you know, it was a neat story, but uh, I was kind of bored ultimately because it was four hours long. (laughs) Short. Like, that making a murderer, I I couldn't 
even think about watching it when I heard it was like 10 episodes, yeah. 13, however many episodes it was. I think it was 10, the first one. Yeah. So when I thought a 10-hour documentary, no thanks. Uh, so this Ted Bundy doc, also four episodes, roughly an hour each. And again, I will clarify, don't necessarily take my word for it on this because I'm not a documentary guy, but the person I was watching this with loves true crime documentaries. So I will tell you what she thought. First, what I thought. Kind of like Evil Genius. I was kind of bored at times with conversations with the killer. Netflix sent, and I think it's, I kind of blame Netflix for this because they sent out an ominous tweet warning you not to watch it alone. So I was expecting some horrifying new revelations or maybe some, I don't know, something grisly. That did not turn out to be the case. Granted, the documentary was fascinating because I knew the basics of the Ted Bundy story. And I remember like 10 years ago, I watched a movie about him, but I didn't really know his story. So to learn it in such de- detail while hearing these brand new audio interviews, it was a solid education. And the tapes were interesting because the interviewer wasn't getting anywhere with Bundy. Bundy wouldn't talk about the murders because he just refused to admit his guilt until the very end. But when the interviewer suggested Bundy speak about the murders in the third person, Bundy suddenly did open up about the crimes, at least in the sense where he would try to imagine what the killer was thinking. So Bundy finally got to talk about the murders without talking about the murders, if that makes sense. Also interesting to see how a guy can move across the country, travel across the country, not get caught. And then when he does get caught for like a traffic violation or something, he had a fake ID. So no one knew who he was. Like no one knew it was Ted Bundy, even though he had already been in the news, like that kind of stuff. You wouldn't get six blocks now without somebody identifying you because everyone's got a phone. But back in the seventies, people didn't know his face because no internet, right? And and people are just so much more trackable now, too, financially and that sort of thing. So, yeah. So, they just could add cash the whole time. But true. Yeah. And I mean, it's a nicely put together doc. Just didn't have that big whoa moment. So, in the end, I just felt kind of ripped off. My counterpart, who digs the true crime, she really liked it and recommends it for those who are into this kind of thing. She, too, said it was lacking some oomph, but the overall experience to her was very satisfying. Me, I could have lived without it. I'm glad I watched it, I guess, but not really. Three couch cushions out of five. <laughs> that is conversations the, with a killer. The overarching problem that we hear about everything with Netflix is that it's just too long. Yeah, like uh, clearly they've you know it's they've got as much room as they want, but they need to just start cutting stuff in half. And it, oddly enough, that sex education show, the British comedy that yep. I watched recently, I wish it was longer. <laughs> it was one of the rare Netflix shows where I wanted more. It was eight episodes, probably best that it was eight, and that it leaves you wanting more. Right. I'd yeah. rather want more than get too much. Absolutely. So, uh, home video. We got a couple of minutes here. What's coming out? All right, fire it off. You were a crusader. But now you get to be a thief. And I'm going to show you how. We hit the elite where it hurts the most. Their money. Are you with me? This does make us outlaws, so if anybody wants out, well, it's probably too late. This is our shot. Bring me on! It's Robin Hood. Bring 
PG-13. It is Robin Hood, one of the crappiest movies of 2018, nominated for three Razzie Awards, which is not what you want when you're making a movie, starring Karen Edgerton as Robin Hood, Jamie Foxx as Friar Tuck, I believe, and guess who Ben Mendelsohn plays? The bad guy? Yes, the Sheriff of Nottingham, of course. So that's out on Digital HD on Tuesday if you're some sort of glutton for punishment and want to check it out, or maybe there must be Robin Hood aficionados out there and just can't get enough. Yeah, why not? Yeah, there you go. On Blu-ray DVD, hard copies of The Girl in the Spider's Web starring Claire Foy, Viola Davis in Widows, Dr. Seuss's The Grinch starring Bandersnatch Cumberdink, and The <laughs> Sisters Brothers starring John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix, which is like a comedy uh, western type deal, which I actually want to get around to watching. And also, your favorite movie of last year, The oh. Cloverfield Paradox. Isn't that a Netflix thing too? Why is that even coming out on our copy? Well, sometimes they release their shows on... Uh, why would you ever on, buy it if you could just watch it on Netflix? I, well, yeah. maybe it's got bonus features that explains why it was so awful. <laughs> I would like to know why they... It, it wasn't that... It wasn't just that the movie was awful. It was the fact that they took just this random science fiction movie and at the very end threw in this this stupid Cloverfield tie-in that just made no sense. That's awesome. Uh, just to try it. Basically, it was this garbage sci-fi movie, but hey, let's make it Cloverfield and then it'll <laughs> get more attention. So all the idiots out there who liked Cloverfield will watch it and I got sucked into it and I'm mad. I just, oh, the more I think about it, the angrier I get. We wouldn't be talking about it right now if they hadn't done it. Stupid Cloverfield <laughs> paradox. Uh, we got about a minute left here. I just wanted to quickly revisit that. One of the movies in the, the February movie preview that you touched on. A Alita, Battle, Battle Angel. Angel. Now, this movie, it's going to suck because yeah. this was originally scheduled to come out July 20th last year. Big summer blockbuster. No, it oh. ended up getting pushed to December 21st where oh. it would have been up against Aquaman oh. and Bumblebee and Yeesh. then all the movies that came out on Christmas Day. Mary Poppins. So That's right, Mary Poppins. So then they buried it in February. And yeah, you mentioned the uncanny thing. I heard she's purposely meant to look not quite lifelike, okay. but it's too close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, Disturbing. it looks like they're trying to make her look real, uh, and it's creepy, and I don't like it. I almost wonder, Mahershala Ali's in that. Maybe they just thought, hey, he'll probably get an Oscar nomination. Well, let's just put out our movie around the time of the Oscars when people are saying his name. They'll see it in our commercial, and they'll buy a ticket. Yeah, I don't I don't want to see it. Hey, that's all the time we have. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, and remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.